UK episode 7 coming at you from North London. We're in Hornsey. My name's Joe Offlane. As always, I'm here with Matthew Clark. Alright, Joe? Yes, I'm alright. Coming at you all guns blazing today. <laughs> How are you doing? You alright? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. I had a quiet week gearing up for Christmas, avoiding buying Christmas presents. Yeah. Had a uh, had a work drinks on Wednesday, that was okay. Kept it pretty uh, chilled, but free drinks, so you can't can't really complain at those, can you? Yeah, I had the same on Thursday, and I'm just about feeling normal now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. What's that for? Well, three-day recovery? Yeah, about it. I'm 32 next month, <laughs> so I think that's acceptable. Yeah. That's what yeah, happens. I'm approaching that as well, if I'm being completely honest. But yeah, bought some, all my presents yesterday on Amazon. Spent far too much money. It's done now. Well, happy. it's always going to cost a bomb, isn't it? At least you got it out of the way, to be honest. Just yeah, relax man. a bit now. Bought a five-pound tree this morning. Yeah, I was going to say, you picked me up this morning with a tree in the back <laughs> of your car. <laughs> no decks, though. No, no decorations as yet, but at least you've got a bit of greenery in the yeah, corner. It's working progress, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, feeling good. Ready for episode seven. Yeah, so seven weeks in now. It's gone uh, quite quickly. So we had uh, last night, we're just coming off the back of fight night in Milwaukee. Or Millawalkay, I think it's pronounced in some quarters. So, we'll start with the main event. This is what everyone was waiting for, I think. This is the highlight of the card. We have Kevin Lee against Al Iaquinta. Uh, so, it's a rematch. Big Al, Raging Al, won the first fight. And he uh, won the second as well. Unanimous decision win over the course of five rounds. Pretty uh, pretty comfortable win, I would say. There was no, no danger of him losing that one. Very surprising result, though, right? We yeah. both picked Lee. Yeah, well, Kevin Lee's looked phenomenal at times, hasn't he? Yeah, I think um, Al Iaquinta just sort of flies under the radar, doesn't he? Good at everything, not great at anything, but got the job done. Kevin Lee's no slouch as well, and he looked absolutely gutted at the end. Yeah, he did look gutted. I think he thought he had a chance of winning that one. Uh, I'm not too, too sure why. I mean, got the back mount a couple of times, got a body triangle. Maybe he thought that might have been enough to win one or two rounds, but for me, I think it's probably a 4-1, can give you 3-2 to raging out. He thought he won the first three rounds, so can you see any of that, where he's coming from, Lee? So I'd say he definitely won the third round. First round was close, a bit of a stand-up battle. You could maybe make an argument for Kevin Lee, and he got a back mount for a couple of minutes in the second round, so there is an argument. It's not a complete shot in the dark for him to say he won all those three rounds. For me, and I think obviously for the judges, I think uh, Ally Quinn had done enough in the first, definitely, and possibly even in the second to sneak those for himself. Massive win for Al, though. Yeah. Where does that put him? Well, I think it puts him top five. We know the rankings before. Was it eight and eight, five? Yeah, eight, eight, and, and eight and four it was. So eight. Kevin Lee was four and uh, Ally Quinn was eight. I think this just shows Khabib's level, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... How much uh, he handled Ally Quinter without really breaking a sweat, standing with him at times, 50-43. And Kevin Lee sort of touted by us as sort of the next big thing, future champion, and Ally Quinter dealing with him. So yeah, shows you Khabib's level and how good he actually is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think for Ally Quinter, I think this might open up a uh, Poirier fight. Yeah, it could do. 
I feel like Poirier's getting stitched up a bit though. Definitely Poirier's getting stitched up. You could make a claim that he uh, deserves a title shot, but I just don't think he's going to get one. From going to a title shot potentially, to the Diaz fight, to McGregor fight, three massive fights and then downgrading to a... Sounds like I'm putting down Ally Quinta, saying it's downgrading to an Ally Quinta fight, but it's not a title fight or one of them big money fights, is it? No, it's not. But uh, And it is a shame. Like I say, he probably does deserve a shot, Poirier, but uh, I can't see him giving them one. You, got... you, you think he'll get Allard with the next? Do you think that'll be the one? I think that probably makes sense, yeah. Just to keep them both on ice, really. They've got a uh, bit of a job to do to sort out the title arrangements, shall we say. So I think anything they can do to stall numbers Any three, four, five, yeah. I think they'll make, they'll make those sorts of fights. Yeah, Justin Gaethje called out Ally Quinner, which I thought was an interesting one. Was made before. Called him a raging bitch yeah. this morning. Yeah, bit that, aggressive. That'd be a good fight. Yeah, definitely. Every single Gaethje is a good fight, isn't it? But this one also does make a little bit of sense. Gaethje is ranked above I Quinter, although they're probably on a, on a par after last night. So, yeah, another one I'd be happy to see. Barbosa as well, obviously got the win. Wouldn't mind him, uh, seeing him against I Quinter. That's a good shot, yeah. I didn't think of that, actually. Yeah, that'd be a decent shot. Talking so, about Barboza. Yes, so Barboza obviously fought uh, Dan Hooker last night. And it was in, an interesting prospect. I mean, Barboza's number five and Dan Hooker was the number 14. So there's obviously a little bit of a gap. It doesn't take a genius to work it out in terms of experience and who they fought before and their wins. But I thought Dan Hooker might have been in with a decent chance. But he... Uh, he got beaten up, really, for, a, for three rounds. Favoured with the bookies slightly, going into that. Yeah, so... We sort of fancied him last week. Yeah, we might be better all round, but piece the part, right? Yeah, pretty much. Edson Barbosa, his striking really came to the fore in this one. And, uh, yeah, he picked Dan Hooker apart, and from sort of a round and a half in, the fight was over, more or less. But Hooker was might be the toughest man alive, to be honest. Too tough for his own good, perhaps. Too. Too tough, really, yeah. And um, in the third round, the ref should have stopped it minutes before he did. I don't understand what he was doing. It was so one-sided. But again, sort of a lower-level referee there. But um, eventually, eventually, Hooker had to sort of fall to the floor because he was just getting body shot after body shot. You know, Barbosa's kicks. Tough to watch. A little bit, yeah, because he wasn't going to finish him and he wasn't going to give up. But he was just getting pounded. So, in a situation like this, between two and three, would you like to see Cornerman stop it? Or do you think this was a situation where they shouldn't have sent him out? Or I think sending him out for the third round was fine. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a towel could have been thrown in in the third. You just, you just don't really see that in MMA, do you? Yeah, I'm not even sure what the rule is. I think if it counts, well, surely the ref would then sort of step in. I think you can do it, and I think yeah, they would have to take notice of it as a referee. But it's just not really part of their culture in the same way that it is in boxing, is it? I don't think. Yeah, it's not come along quite as far in that sense. No, it's still... That tough guy image. That's it. That's it, I think, yeah. But going back to Barbosa, I think MMA fans, ourselves included, have very short memories of how good some people are. And perhaps Barbosa's performance yesterday was testament to that, forgetting how good his striking actually is. Just because he's lost to a couple of high-level grapplers. We forget about his striking. Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say. I think it would also be fair to say that Barbosa just seems to struggle against the top two or three, but against everyone else, everyone else, 
That's my dishwasher going off. You can hear that? Well, at least you said that. <laughs> Go on. Uh, so yeah, your dishwasher's throwing me off <laughs> a little bit there. But so yeah, what I, what I was saying is Barbosa, you can tell against that top two or three guys, he's not quite there. But against anyone else, he's got the striking to expose anyone in the rankings. That's what makes it tricky. Like, where, where do you put him next? I mean, is he going to win the title with someone like Khabib as champion? Tony Ferguson's already beaten him. I, everyone has said it before. They'd like to see the McGregor-Barboza fight. I mean, I can't see it happening. What fight that would be? It'd be a great fight, yeah. Probably he's not going to grapple McGregor? No. Two elite strikers? Would he get that fight? I don't think so. But uh, just throwing it out there, what good fight that would be? And it's probably the perfect opportunity to make it. Yeah, definitely. Where does um, Hooker go from here? Back to the drawing board, I suppose. A little bit. I guess he's got a bit of work to do to come up with some kind of game plan to deal with that striking. Maybe work on his wrestling a little bit more. We know that's where someone like Barboza struggles traditionally. So that might be a key. Because uh, he, he likes to get in close and throw knees and things like that, Hooker. Maybe... Uh, scratch up on your wrestling a little bit and uh, start using that a bit more effectively. Yeah, I mean, it's always a big ask. I know he said he's favoured going in, but what, was it? what did you say, 14 or 5? Four, uh, 14 against 5, yeah. Yeah, so that's a big job. Tells a story, it? doesn't it, yeah. Yeah, I think um, he was riding high from a couple of wins, a lot of confidence, a lot of hype behind him, but actually ran into a seasoned elite striker. Yeah. Back. yeah, there's no shame in that. In the same division, I just want to talk about another one, Oliveira versus Miller. Oliveira got it done. Yeah, so that opened up the main card. And uh, quick work for Charles Oliveira. He's slowly running away with that UFC subs history making amount. Yeah, we've gone past Royce Gracie. Can anyone stop him? Well, I think uh, we've seen some good grapplers in the past. We've seen some good uh, jiu-jitsu kind of players in the past. Something about Charles Oliveira which might set him apart is he's aggressive with it. He's not really looking to get top pressure and grind you down and wear you out. He's taking you down, he's taking you back and he's choking you out as, as quick as he possibly can. And that pressure for Jim Miller today and for a lot of others in that division is going to be too much. He's never really sort of considered as one of the better ones despite that record he holds, is he? They will say, oh, the Damian Myers, Verdooms, etc. Yeah. He never really gets a mention. No, he doesn't, but uh, difficult to leave him out now. I guess maybe he just hasn't fought at that same level as the people you've just mentioned, so he's got to actually carve out. You're probably right. Yeah, never fought for a title, always fell at that last hurdle. Uh, I think we were talking before the recording, a good one would be, uh, style-wise, Barboza versus Oliveira. Yeah, definitely. Probably throw back that striker-grappler, probably more likely than the McGregor fight that I was talking about. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple of decent fights in there. Kiesa, I think he might have one lined up. But um, but Oliveira certainly throws him into the mix and definitely going to cause problems for a Barboza, as you just said. Could Barboza deal with the grappling? It's a good question. Let's see it. And there's one more fight on the main card there. We had Sergio Pettis stepping up in weight, up to Bantamweight, taking on, uh, taking on Rob Font, who's the number 10 ranked. And uh, again... Like the uh, last fight, pretty comfortable, unanimous decision victory for Rob Font here. Dominated most of the fight, if I'm honest. Uh, first round, ground and pound, won it with that. Second round, he run it, he won it on the feet, and then third round, out grappled him and outboxed him in the uh, in the stand up. So 
very convincing win for Rob Font there, and probably this weight class is a bit too much for Sergio Pettis. Was that two defeats in a month, is it? I think it was uh, nine weeks officially since his last fight. Is that nine weeks ago? I think that's, oh. I believe that's what the uh, commentator said, yeah. Well, Which still wasn't very long. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a bit of a quick turnaround. I don't know why he took it. No, maybe. I don't know. Money, you know. Christmas. Your Christmas. <laughs> needs us extra dollars. Done all his money on Amazon, I mean. <laughs> yeah. The cash. Um, yeah, um, I think what would fly away probably going is just trying to get settled in that division in Phantom Weight. Rob Font isn't the one you want to run into straight away. No, definitely not. He looked very impressive, Rob Font, and, you know, completely sort of uh, dominated Pettis. Didn't really allow Pettis to. Uh, Put out any work at all, really? No, I probably don't really do much for him in the rankings, but gets him a win. Gets his name out there, Pettis, a big name. Yeah. So yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, be, win. be interesting to see where he goes from there. There was a few prelims, few decent prelims actually. Drakkar Close got the win, and uh, quite an impressive performance from Jack Manson got the uh, guillotine as well against Gerald Mearshart. So not two massive names, but an impressive performance from Manson, nevertheless. There's another fight last night you wanted to cover, Rocky Fielding quickly. Yeah, so obviously Rocky Fielding stepped up, fought Canelo Alvarez in the... I've heard of him. In New York, yeah, you may have heard of him. So obviously he's the uh, premier boxer on the planet at the moment, really. Highest paid athlete, apparently, in sport. And uh, yeah, just a step too far for Rocky Fielding. Finished in the third round. Body shots uh, dropped him, as well as a hook, left hook, I believe, to the jaw. Dropped him as well, so the ref stepped in and called that one. So fair play for stepping up. Got to take his chances, but didn't work out in the end for Rocky Fielding, unfortunately. Yeah, he probably regretted it more not not taking the opportunity. Oh, yeah. Fair play, come up short, but at least he went in there and gave it a go. Yeah, exactly. And of course, Canelo is going to end up being such a, a legend, at least he's you know, a, bit, a bit premature, but you can tell your grandkids, can't you? Oh, yeah. I like, fought him in New York. But, yeah. yeah. Nah. He is historic, but... Yeah, unlucky, and uh, I'm sure he'll be back. Anything else you wanted to cover? I mean, it's quite a uh, slow weekend of fights. I mean, if you're into Bellator, you could fill your boots, but we can't really watch it. No. Well, someone at work told me it was on Spike, but uh, I, I don't believe it. I don't trust Spike. <laughs> Spike let me down far too many times in the past. Yeah, yeah. give it a rally racing on instead or yeah. something. Or uh, Breaking Bad, I think it's happened to me before. Oh, no, God knows what they're playing at. Yeah. But uh, Lee McGeary beat King Mo on the Friday or the Saturday. I don't know which one. That's yeah, a big win. That is a big win. Gets a big name. Yeah, very big name. So congratulations, McGeary. Hopefully he goes on a bit of a run again. I think he lost a couple in a row. So big win for him. But uh, aside from that, I thought Machida had a win. Yeah, I just saw that actually. Yeah. Just, <sighs> debut in Bellator. It's just... Don't, I can't really get excited about Bellator purely because I can't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and also you don't know really what the level is. It's decent. It's yeah, good, it's decent. But it's not like being a top-ranked UFC uh, fighter, really. Nah, nah, but it's another option to watch if it was on the telly. Yeah, if they could make it more accessible, then we'd be all over it, wouldn't we, really? But as it is, we're not. So we're not getting excited about it. So we we're shall... move on to some news. We shall move on from that. So uh, a few fight announcements, fight changes... One that did the rounds midweek was Francis Ngannou to uh, welcome Cain Velasquez back to the UFC. What do you make of that one? Yeah, I think it's um, 
They're really interesting. I think it throws up quite a lot of possibilities. I think you could see both men winning. I think it's a couple of interesting questions. Can Kane deal with the power on his on his first fight back for a few years? Can Francis deal with the wrestling? Which history would tell us no. So, uh, so up for debate, I would say. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one on the UFC's part. Are they trying to build up Kane or Ngannou there? Probably Kane. I think so. They probably, well. they probably see it as a fairly simple victory for Kane. There's, a, there's a, a game plan written out for you with that one. Yeah. It's a tough one. I, I love Kane, but uh, I just feel like they're trying to throw Francis under the bus. And for that reason, I'll probably end up supporting him in that fight. But yeah. I don't know. I like both. I like to see Kane make it to the ring first off. You're good to see him back in there, and he looked phenomenal in his last fight, but that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah. What is it, his back, neck? I think it's his back, mainly. I'm sure that affects... That's going to affect his pressure and all that yeah. he's going to put on Francis. And you've got to think Francis has been working on his uh, grappling since January, since his eyes were open against Stephen. Yeah, you would hope so. So I think all in all, it does build up to a pretty interesting fight, and... Like I say, you could root for either one in here, really. They've got both, both got a decent little uh, little backstory, little narrative behind them coming into this one. Yeah, I, I personally would have liked to see Kane against a sort of lesser name, a sort of bit of a warm-up. Yeah, fight. so would I. It's a bit of a tough ask, eh? Yeah, it definitely is a tough ask, but Kane is that good, and he has been that good in the past, so if he comes back fresh, ready to go, no ring rust, it could be, in theory... A fairly comfortable win. If he's like he was, yeah. Yeah. But that's the big caveat. Yeah. Is he going to be like he once was? Will the back have healed up? But when's this meant to be anyway? Next. I'm not sure if we've seen a, a date yet for it. I think um, sort of uh, springtime in the new year. So that'd be on ESPN, of course. But um, that yeah. Interesting one. It definitely is. And it's definitely a decent matchup for the UFC to be looking at. Another one we got, we've got Jeremy Stevens thinking about making that one against Zabit Magomed Sharipov. Yeah, nailed that uh, pronunciation. Well, I've been practising. But uh, yeah, that came out this morning. I don't know if it's, don't know if it's official at all, so Helwani tweet it or something. But uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Stevens got big KO power, a lot of experience. Another step up, I would say, for Zabit. Do you think they're pushing Zabit too quickly there? I mean, let's, let's be honest. I thought he looked phenomenal against Bokniak, but it was Bokniak. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a fair point. Do you think they're pushing him too quickly? Could they give him a bit of a more favourable matchup? No, I think it, I think this is probably about right. That is level. I, I think it's probably about yeah, probably about the right time to get him going. No, I'm not disagreeing either way. I'm just interested to see where people stand on it. I mean, Stevens ain't laying down for no one. I don't think Zabit's got too much power to stop him, has he? No, I think the grappling might expose him in this one. You think? I think, yeah, Zabit will piece him up for a little bit and then take him down and probably get a choke. It's one of them as well. How old is Zabit? 24? Yeah, young, mid-20s. Just between fights, it's going to get so much better within six months or whatever. He's going to be, which is scary how much better he's going to be from the Bokniak fight as yeah, well. Yeah, 100%. Stevens on the back end. Yeah. Good fight though. Yeah, so there's two pretty interesting fights they've got uh, lined up there. One fight that was... Scheduled, which is uh, 
now been taken off is Dominic Cruz. He's got another injury, so he's pulled out of uh, his bouts. Shocker. Yeah, very surprising news. Never expected Dominic Cruz to get injured, but no, it is what I, it is. I think it's a shame as well. It's not like it's the same injury. It's his shoulder. That's just, yeah, he must just be so frustrated. Just can't get a break, really. Yeah, you must start thinking about retirement. It's just annoying because he's missed the prime of his careers. And you look at what he's achieved before he even hit his prime, when he was out for however many years, and beat TJ when he come back. Just a quality fighter who's not really fighting in his prime, which I think is an absolute shame. Yeah, it's definitely a shame. And you, you do have to feel sorry for him in a way. Um, but, you know, here's what it is. This is a tough, tough old game, isn't it? So yeah, it is. It just seems to work out this way in, in plenty of sports. You know, I look at my football club. We've got a player called Andy Carroll. And uh, what, no, matter, no matter what he does, he gets injured non-stop. And some people, it just affects him like this, doesn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, I think it's just frustrating. I find it frustrating being injured, not being able to do things I want to do in hobbies. Yeah. Let alone if it's my career and livelihood. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, some depression some of these fighters sportsman must go through you look at that Ledley King retired early yeah you the greatest centre back of all time they're just left thinking about what they could have achieved Michael really. Owen yeah just yeah like you say it's just weird isn't it and Kane who we've just mentioned someone like Kane could have been dominating the heavyweight division for the past five six years the wrestler yeah, the, the wrestler <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well he's a wrestler but uh, yeah it's just one of those things like you say that's why it's frustrating and God knows what he must feel about. I'm glad he's got, I know we don't say he's the best commentator of all time, but at least he has that and he can do the analyst stuff on the side. Yeah, he's got plenty of options, so uh, look, is what it is. But hopefully we find a decent opponent for uh, Lineker in the meantime because it's always a good fight when Lineker's involved. I will think they will struggle to find an opponent though. No one's going to be sort of banging down the door to fight Lineker, are they? Yeah, that's a fair point. Jerome Garbrandt might have it. I think that'd be a dangerous one for Garbrandt. It's dangerous, After but two knockouts. Probably needs a fight, doesn't it? Been out for a little while now, so we'll have to see where they go from there. But yeah, nothing else. No, I want to get well into the New Year's card probably next week. That's a, I looked at the, the full listing stats. Oh, it's a top top notch card, but yeah, we can go uh, we go balls deep on that next yeah. week. I think if you like. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we had a little bit of a rant from your good self last week about the welterweight division. What's going on with the title? What is Dana doing? Now it looks like from what we've seen on social media, Kamaru Usman has signed a bout agreement to fight Woodley for the welterweight title. What are your opening thoughts? I think we agree that we don't think this is a legit bout agreement from where the UFC are looking at this. I just think that he's being used as a bit of a pawn to get Colby to agree to the fight. We've seen him do it before with the Khabib, Connor and Alvarez situation at 205. And I just think, uh, I just can't see a reason why they would want Usman to fight Woodley instead of Covington. No, well, he hasn't got the backstory there with Covington, uh, with Woodley, sorry, that Covington's got. He's not a character like Covington. All right, he's got an impressive win streak, but... Uh, doesn't finish fights. Similar fighter to Covington, but Covington usually finishes. So he's not as exciting in the ring. He's not as exciting out of the ring. And you've already had Covington as the interim champ. I think, like you say, he might be just using him as a little bit of a pawn to force Covington hat, Covington's hand into uh, take the title shot himself, I would say. Yeah, uh, I just can't see any other reason why. They let fighters on massive win streaks sit there and wait 
or fight someone else before. Why, why does Usman have to be any different? Yeah, and I think his form, you could argue, maybe it dictates he gets a title shot. But for me, you're still behind the queue, behind Colby. Uh, he's already been in her enchant, as I say. And it's going to be a much more entertaining fight between Colby and Woodley in the build-up. And I also think during the fight as well, it'll be a bit more exciting. Yeah, I think it will just push over Woodley or Covington, whoever wins that fight. It just doesn't really make much sense from the sort of standpoint the UFC are at at the minute in terms of entertainment and people chatting shit and all that palaver. You're just not going to get it with the Usman thing. That's why I don't think it stacks up this tweet about the bout agreements. I just can't see it happening. I think we'll probably see some developments in the coming weeks that there's going to be a Woodley coming to the fight probably February time or something like that. But yeah, I just think it's... Probably a bit of a uh, smokescreen. Yeah, I will have to agree with you on that one. So hopefully... But don't get me wrong, I think Usman does probably deserve it and he's probably the better fighter and he's probably more likely to put up a fight against Woodley. But if you're going to have this, the fighter who's had the interim title and hasn't lost since he won it, what's the point? Yeah, I agree. I think we're both in agreement on that Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll carry on from that though, probably next week. And it's probably another development. Yeah, I'm sure this will pick up a bit of pace during the week because Colby will have to uh, respond to this somehow in his own indomitable fashion. Yeah, in his unique way. Probably involved in a lady. Probably, yeah. With her tits out yeah. or something of that nature. But, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's bollocks, to be honest. So what I'd like... wraps to, up any news. Huh? Yeah, what I'd like to do now, we are approaching the end of the year. It's the 16th of December. Like to take a little look back down memory lane, have a little bit, oh, yeah. pick out some of our moments, some of our fights of 2018 for the year. Would you like to uh, propose one first? What would you like? A moment? I think whatever you fights. like. I think yeah. Oh, I'm gonna start at the beginning. Always good places, good, any? Always a good place to yeah, start. Yeah. Uh, so in Garno. Going into January's fight against Miocic, probably the favourite. Coming off that horrifying knockout of Overeem the month before. A lot of people feared for Miocic and the complete opposite happened. Nungarnu was exposed, got beat. Fights Derek Lewis, what was it, a few months later? can't remember what card that was, to be honest. No. Awful performance, didn't throw a single finger amount of... Uh, Punches, or whatever it was. So he was down and out, thrown under the bus by UFC fans alike. And then just comes back with a great knockout of Blades last month. And I think it's a really good, heartwarming comeback. It is. From Ngannou. Yeah, it is. It's a really nice moment. I think, obviously, uh, Stipe sort of uh, killed the dragon, killed the monster a little bit at the start of the year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Ngannou faced some challenges, faced a bit of bad press from the UFC. Came back to get the win in a fight that was probably set up for him to lose. And now, once again, he's back in the title picture. So it is a really good storyline narrative for the year, as far as Francis is concerned. Yeah, I think it's just good to see from someone who, the first pay-per-view of the year, looked down and out and sort of in the back end of the year, he's going into the next year with a lot of hope and a lot of drive again behind him. He's turned it around. It's always nice to see someone doing well. Yeah. I, like, I like people coming back from adversity like that. And he's done it in a sort of double-quick fashion. Fair play to Definitely. Good shout, that one. How about yourself? What, what so, have you enjoyed this year? What should I throw in there? I think from a British standpoint, 
I think Darren Till beating Wonderboy Thompson was a huge moment. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe I don't want to get sound too dramatic, but in the grand scheme of the history of British MMA, that's a bit of a, uh, a standout moment, really. Yeah, I think the whole event was raucous. I mean, the Scouters weren't doing too great, were they? They just got beat in the Champions League the night before. Yes. Meatball Molly got beat early doors. And uh, Darren Till sort of sent everyone home happy. That walkout alone yeah. got me buzzing. Yeah, definitely. It was, special. it was definitely a special moment. And the fight itself wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the most convincing win from Darren Till either, but I think just the the, the occasion of it and the importance of that for a real rising star title contender from Britain in his hometown, bringing it to Liverpool for the first time. For me, I think that's, yeah, definitely a highlight of 2018. Considering Wonderboy's stand-up pedigree as well. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a test for anyone. Wonderboy, obviously, world champion, kickboxer, boxer, nearly a world champion in the UFC itself. For Till to go out there and display that game plan and an equal level of striking from, from his own standpoint as well. It's really impressive and hopefully there's only good things to come from Darren Till in 2019. Yeah, I think a lot of the uh, casual people watching that were hating on that fight, but I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Maybe going back and watching it now might not be as exciting, but because of the pedigree that both had on the striking, you felt at any moment something could happen. That's it. There could be one mistake from one guy and that's it, lights out. And I think the tension in the arena, the crowd and everything, it all culminated on that evening. It was just brilliant. It was, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant moment. And going on from that, you wanted to mention, because unfortunately Till went on to fight Woodley and come up short. And you wanted to talk about Woodley's uh, performance there. Well, I think, yeah. So going into the fight, we were all buzzing for Darren Till. We were all supporting Darren Till. Thought he had a brilliant chance of winning. You have to remember where the sort of public perception was of Tyron Woodley before this fight. It wasn't he wasn't being held in the highest regard. So I went out. I bought a uh, fight disciples gorilla tea. <laughs> Got which you still rock to this day. Which I still rock. I still love the tea. I he's, still love Darren Till. He's absolutely. And I still love the fight disciples. But um, so I got fully behind him. But I think for Woodley to put on that type of performance and to handle Darren Till so handily. I think that really cemented Tyron Woodley as one of the best pound-for-pound currently, if not one of the best we've ever seen, particularly in that worldweight division. Well, he etched himself into that welterweight GOAT discussion, Hughes, St-Pierre and now Woodley. I think he was took a lot of umbrage from people, basically saying, Till needs to make weight, that's his only title fight. Once he gets past the weight, if he can get past the weight cut issues... It's a foregone conclusion. Woodley uh, had a little bit to say about that and literally just put on a clinic. It was, and I think it just yeah, highlights how good he is. And I mentioned the perception beforehand. That fight in, what, eight minutes, however long it lasted, completely switched the public perception of Woodley. And I think it's really going to help him in his career and his sort of uh, legend status, if you will. Yeah, I think that's why we're so keen for him to get that Covington fight to actually truly cross over and get the fandom that he's richly deserves. He's so good and we're only just seeing it, but his boss doesn't think so, it seems. Yeah. Which is just petty and we won't get into it again. 
I don't want to repeat myself. But yeah, great moment that was for Woodley. Yeah, and unfortunate for Till, but definitely for Woodley, a top, top moment there. Who else we got in here then? You got another one, particular highlight you wanted to uh, pull out? Um, talking of comebacks, I like uh, Tony Ferguson's comeback, 2-2-9. After ripping his knee apart. Ripping his knee apart, sitting down, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Something I would do, probably. To come back from surgery four months after surgery. Now, I don't know how anyone can compute that. Bearing in mind, he didn't have a uh, physiotherapist. He'd done his own physio. He'd done his own physio from a knee surgery and come back in four months and then beat Anthony Pettit. Yeah, and he looked really, really good. And he looks like he could have gone on for days. I just thought it was a phenomenal performance. Just can't phenomenal six months, really. It's just mad. And that fight with Khabib has to be made now. There's no one else for him. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, what he had to do, the fight was scheduled, ripped his uh, ligament off his knee, claimed off the bone, and you think, oh dear, this could be, you know, career-threatening type of thing, yeah. when really he's arguably the best fighter in that division, yeah, so to come back, do his own rehab in four months, come back and look so impressive, sets himself up for a title shot, yeah, so a, a sort of great moment, a great comeback, as you say, for Ferguson there. Yeah, I think it's just inspiring for people. People think they're down and out or whatever, and that everyone said that he was going to be out for X amount of time, and uh, you shouldn't come back. I've said it. What's he doing coming back? He's going to get, he's rushing it, blah, blah, blah. He's going to get knocked out by Pettis. Because I, I think I said I fancied Pettis at the time. I don't think the pod had even started. No, the pod hadn't started then, had it? No. But I, I was, I did fancy Pettis to beat him there. I thought he was an unknown quantity. Ferguson going into that, I thought Pettis would attack the knee. He did at times, yeah, and Ferguson just walked for it like an absolute zombie. No, no, he does not give a shit, and he just finished him. It was it between rounds, I can't remember now, but it was a phenomenal fight. It yeah, some uh, Khabib McGregor car, but yeah, great story for Ferguson. Hopefully, 2019's even better for him. Yeah, great shout out that one. So, another highlight for me you mentioned Stipe there against Ngano, yes. Now, Stipe's a big favourite of mine. I'm a big fan of Stipe. He's a firefighter on the side, saving people's lives. How can you not like him? But for me, a huge, huge moment of 2018 was when Daniel Cormier knocked out Stipe. Yeah, it was a just a phenomenal moment for him to think that he was getting booed. Not that long ago, really. Pretty mad, isn't it? I know. And DC, now, like the nicest man in the world. Yeah, and it's just because of that whole John Jones thing that he was getting booed. But yeah, he definitely turned it around. Now he's one of my favourite fighters and personalities. I'm sure you feel the same in the whole of the UFC. And going into that fight, I thought size might play a factor. I thought Stipe might get the win. He's sort of the longest winning streak in uh, heavyweight championship history. But Cormier came out first round, dropped him, finished him off. Super, super, huge moment for the Cormier. Yeah, the, the daddest champ in the world, whatever yes. it was. Daddest man. One of them too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't see that coming. I thought Miocic would uh, beat him. But Cormier, unbeaten at heavyweight. And hopefully we can uh, see him fight a couple more times in 2019 as well. I just I just think him being on the commentary desk is just turning it around for him. Yeah, so obviously he was, in, he was on the, uh, the one last night and he's... 
he's the best, isn't he? He's the best that they've got. Obviously, you've got Rogan. Everyone loves Rogan. DC is right up there. He, he just gets me excited. Not in that way. But <laughs> he just makes me uh, smile. He's just such a... What's the word? Jovial. Jovial is a word I would use. Yeah. But... Um, Infectious, infectious. Yeah, 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 his, his enthusiasm is infectious, and uh, particularly when you've got him and Rogan on there, it's good job Annex there keeping them two under control. Yeah, they just well, they're off on their own sand and otherwise start creasing. What comes across is that they're enjoying, it, aren't they? And that, and that brings you in with it as well. It's not too analytical. It's not too in depth. Good detail in there, but they're they're enjoying it. It's not false either. You can tell there's chemistry there, and it's not sort of some mechanical sort of scientific conversation. It's, which I feel like Cruz brings across sometimes. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But, uh, yeah, going back to that, winning the heavyweight belt after getting knocked out by John Jones not too long before that. Great turnaround, another great comeback. Yeah. I think that seems to be the theme, really. Yeah, definitely. People coming from down and out to turning it around and winning everybody over. So, do you want to have a turn? Pick another one out? I think, can't carry on without talking about Khabib McGregor. Yeah, it was a big moment. Dominated most of the 2018. I remember the week of the fight. So going back to when Ferguson pulled out, I think it was on the Saturday or the Sunday before, 2-2-3. Two, two, it was meant to be Ferguson and uh, Khabib, wasn't it? Yep. Got the news. Everyone thought it was an April Fool's. Do you remember this? Yes, yeah, Everyone I do. Everyone thought yeah. Ferguson was April Fool's. Yeah. That whole fight week, I think there could be a... ESPN 30 for 30 yeah, definitely. in the future. You, it starts with that. Everyone forgets all this, I think. And I'm only just remembering it, to be honest. <laughs> but Ferguson pulls out. Holloway's in. Holloway flies in. He's on the embeddings flying in. Yeah. Gets pulled because of the weight cut issues. And I don't I don't even remember who... Was Khabib fighting Alaya Quinta when the bus attack happened? Not sure. I don't think he was, was yeah, he? Because he was sure. on the same bus as Khabib. Yeah. So I don't even know who Khabib was meant to be fighting during the bus attack. It must probably, have been Holloway still. Yeah, I guess so. At that point, it probably was Holloway. But it was during the fight week when the embedded come out of him confronting Artem Loboff and all of that thing. And then uh, the shit at the fan, so to speak. Well, it did start off to snowball from there, really, didn't Little it? Little Irish fella come in, yeah. flying <laughs> in with a flying dolly, flying through the window, a bunch of Russians and women, unfortunately. Yes, it was a bit of an unfortunate incident, but then obviously eventually the, fr- the fight got made between Conor and Khabib, and the build-up to that was uh, entertaining, disrespectful, some might argue, but definitely threw up some talking points. And then, of course, the fight itself was, yeah, a bit of a standout highlight moment for Khabib. I think the whole fight, just the size of the fight, the biggest fight in UFC history, officially, uh, I stayed up for it, I never... Been more excited in my life for a fight. Yeah, definitely was, got the juices flowing. I was nervous as a Khabib fan. I thought he looked nervous coming out. But what was I to be nervous about? Beat, beat him up for three and a half rounds, pretty much. And then what followed after? Weren't that bad, really, was it? Not, not now. In hindsight, you look back, no one really got hurt, did they? They were all fighters uh, involved for the uh, most part. Uh, yeah, it's a bit unprofessional. But it, I said it at the time, I think it's just going to make Khabib a bigger star, and that is an iconic image now of the flying eagle jumping out of the cage. Yeah, definitely. But I'm not condoning it, but I thought it was all right. Yeah. And you don't disrespect a man like that 
get away. Well, it was a bit extreme, wasn't it? So I think that's just, what you get. Yeah, he did go a bit too far with the uh, terrorism chat. Yes. Family yes, and all yeah. that. So. Yeah, Khabib cemented himself as the number one lightweight in the world. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes next year. Yes. Maybe like GSP or whatever. I personally hope not. I want to see the Tony fight. But uh, yeah, that was probably the standout moment. That whole week, the 2-2-3 two, two, and then culminating in 2-2-9. Two, two, yeah, definitely the most talked about at least, wasn't it? For the whole, the whole year. Yeah, and it certainly brought the casuals in. Yeah, there were some unsavoury scenes, but here's what it is. I've seen worse. Yes, agreed. So, just before we wrap up this episode, run through a few few of my top moments. Go on. Ortega KOing Edgar. Really? Well, to see Edgar get KO'd like that, Ortega to announce himself. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm not saying it's, you know, top five moments of the year, but definitely a big, big moment, and it gave us the Ortega-Holloway fight. No, it was a big um, sort of coming out performance from Ortega. I was, yeah, I was just sad to see Edgar get lifted off his feet like that. Yeah, definitely. But, no, nah, good shout. Who else you got? Got another one. DJ, losing. Yeah. His unbeaten streak against Cejudo. Big moment. You, no one sort of really saw him leaving after either, did they? No, and of course it's set off this chain of events now where we might not even have that division anymore. So, a bit of a game-changing moment for me. Never mind. Another highlight. Whitaker beating Romero for the second time. Just kind of... Uh, cementing what a monster Whitaker is up against the biggest monster, Romero. What a fight as well. Probably goes under the radar fights of the year. But, yeah, excellent fight. A lot of people scored it for Romero. Some a draw, some Whitaker, But Whitaker won. Yeah. So, from talking about a particular KO, one that springs to mind was Leota Machida, the last fight. Good Vito Belfort in the UFC. Yeah. Front kick to the face. Forgot about that. Forgot about that one actually. I know they're built Belfort's on a bit of a slide, and they're not the youngest. But from a KO point of view, that was a bit of a naughty one for me. I remember a still picture of him just bowing that people had of it, and a KO'd Belfort. Yeah, it was quite a striking image. It was. Yeah, it's a good way to sign off, really. Yeah, not, definitely. Maybe not Belfort, but no. <laughs> for Machida. So I like that one. Good shout. Another one I like, Rose, beating Joanna for the second time. Really cementing how good Rose is in that division. Thug Rose. Thug Rose. Yes. Dillashaw beating Garbrandt for the second time. Cementing his place as the number one in that division. Plenty of cementing going on there here. There is a lot of cementing. No, good shouts. I'm liking them. Uh, Covington beating Dos Anjos. Ragdolling Dos Anjos to uh, put his name at the top of the path in Worldwide. Yeah, a lot of us, and myself included, thought it was just mouth and no trousers, but... Really put on a sort of unstoppable, sort of never slowed down Duracell bunny type performance. Definitely. Never guessed once, so. Impressive. Perhaps he'll put on a better fight against Woodley than we think. I would Who be knows? worried about underestimating him, yeah, definitely. Especially in them later rounds. Yeah. But that's no, a good shout. And then just, I mean, we could go on forever. There's so many fights. Gaethje Poirier, Poirier TKO, and then Jeremy Stevens against Duho Choi, which is two absolute wars. Duho Choi. That point needs a lay down. He does, after every single fight. Talking of uh, Justin Gaethje, I liked his KO of Vic. Yes. Recently. Yeah, because that's that a tricky fight. On, yeah, that put him back on the map. He's like, don't ever forget me, I'm I'm still here, sort of thing. Um, I want to talk about Josie Aldo's KO of Jeremy Stevens. I remember watching that live. I don't know why I was watching it live. It was just a random fight night. But uh, 
Yeah, to get that body shot KO. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Shouty's still around, still in contention. Emotional scenes after. He's, it really meant a lot to him and he's back. I think he's fighting someone soon. Moicano, Yes. Should be a good fight, tough test. But in here, Derek Lewis, his interview. My balls fight. was hot. His balls were hot. Yeah. What a legendary moment. Yeah, and again, Derek Lewis really showing his true colours, which is basically just a funny geezer, really. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> yeah, he got a title shot off the back of that interview. Yeah, basically, I, yeah. I don't care what anyone says. If he don't do that interview, he don't get a title shot off that performance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely spot on there. He was losing for 14 minutes and 50 seconds. And just a haymaker from hell and a legendary interview about his bollocks. Yeah, definitely. And you're in a title shot at Madison Square Garden for the heavyweight title. Yeah, great moment. Take great note, shot. everybody. Yeah. Let's talk about your bollocks. <laughs> uh, I liked Holloway's performance. Yes, of course. I think it was a star-making performance. It just showed you how everybody how good he was. Answered all the questions about his health, about the weight cut. Just domination. Yeah, yeah. Cannot argue with that one. Brilliant performance. But it was something about it. it had an aura about it that it's like, he looked like a superstar. Yeah. It was a real coming out party for superstar status. Exactly. When he sat on the commentary desk and things, it just everything about it, and he just yeah looked phenomenal. Can't wait to see him at lightweight. Agreed. Good yeah. luck, matchmakers. Yes. Um, what else have I got here? Got quite a lot of the similar to you though. Got the Call Me Abin in the heavyweight belt, Darren Till. Probably a shout out to Anthony Smiths. Yeah. Resurgence. So obviously, I think he started, I think, 2018. He lost to Thiago Santos, didn't he? At middleweight, was that this year? Or am I uh, jumping the gun a middleweight, but I wouldn't be able to tell you the year, to No, be so that might be a little bit premature, but obviously, gone up to light heavyweight since and destroyed everyone in his path. Three on the bounce. Yep. Looking Two good. former champions. We've got Johnny Walker coming through in that division. We've got Nathaniel Wood making his name in, in the UFC. Yep. No, uh, we'll, uh, we'll put together some kind of 2019 predictions or wish list or something I think like so that. yeah we'll get another episode in at least one more this year for 2018 and we'll look ahead to uh, what we think could happen in the new year yeah I'm up for it man but other than that we've got nothing to preview have we nothing to preview for this week we'll look forward to um, obviously the Jones Gustafsson cards uh, Cyborg Nunes completely stacked card we'll have a look at that next week yeah definitely put one out next week so we'll do it on Sunday which is the 23rd is that right I believe so Get it downloaded for your uh, drive homes for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. A nice jovial chat about uh, some cage fighting. Yeah, we'll have our Christmas jumpers on and we'll try and put out some, uh, some nice content for you for your Christmas period. Absolutely. So I think that wraps up this week's show. A nice look back on 2018. Big win for that hour quinter last night. Do you have anything more you'd like to add, Matthew? I, I just can't believe how quickly the year's gone. It feels like yesterday that uh, I thought... You know, he's going to get his head caved in by Angani. That's January. I know, it's scary how the years fly by. But, yeah. No, nothing else to report. A couple of Christmas drinks this week. I need to take it easy. I can't handle it anymore. I just want to sit at home and watch the fight. <laughs> talk about it with you, Joe. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. So, we'll wrap up this episode. Thanks very much for listening. Find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Split Decision UK. Thank you very much for listening. If you've got any feedback, hit us up on social media and we'll see you next week. Have a grand week all. Have a good one. Goodbye.